0: Oh, goodness gracious, alive! praise the Lord. Welcome to church today. Oh, my goodness gracious. We've had a great time this week, and I'm going to start off by telling you a couple little things. that It's kind of really made us... I I never dreamed, never dreamed, never dreamed. But this is going to show you what God can do. I mean, you know, when I was asked to go out to West Texas to speak at that little church... Actually, three little churches over a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday. There wasn't no more than 50 people in any one of them. I don't think there might have been 60 or 70 in one of them, but there wasn't very big. I went out there and spoke in those three churches, and then David Fees that took me out there wanted to take me up by GLC. I never heard of GLC, and wanted me to be on television. Went up there that night and Monday night and we were on live, GLC, and little did I know what kind of a relationship that was going to start. Well, we've now made 96 30-minute television shows that have been airing four to six times a week. And while we were out there, of course, a couple of times back, we only go once a quarter and make enough shows to last for a quarter. But Al had showed us where they had just got on a new satellite that was covering the entire North American continent, all the way from uh, top of Canada, all the way down into South America, and I thought, wow, this is awesome. But this time, he told us about a new satellite they're going on the 15th of this month, April the 15th. He said a guy called him and wanted to put him on satellite to cover everything from Australia, all the way up to the northern part, through Japan, all the way over the continent, all the way over, down to down through about the middle of England, down through there in the middle of Germany, and down all the way down to the top third of African continent and then all the way back across down to Australia. I'm telling you, it covers a big chunk of the world. About four billion people have access to that network. Four billion. Not million, billion. And so the guy wanted, uh, I forget now, 400, he told me how many, 400 and something thousand dollars for a three-year contract. He said, we don't have 400 and something thousand dollars, so we can't go on this. So he went on his television and told everybody, he said, you know, if there's some old man out there, or some rich man that's got a lot of money, and you want to buy us a three-year contract, we'd appreciate it. You know, and so uh, he said, you know, this is God, you know, he wants us on this, we'll be on it, if he don't, we won't. And so a guy called him and he said, well... I don't have enough money to pay for three years, but I got enough to pay for six months. That was seventy-two thousand dollars. And he said, you know, if you can get them to give you a six month contract up front, I'll pay for the first six months. So Al said, they ain't no way they're gonna take six months. They want a three year minimum. He said, All I can say is if they take six months, it's God. So he said, I picked the phone up and called the guy and told him, I said, I got a guy that's willing to buy for $72,000 the first six months of this contract, if you're willing to sign it. The guy said, you're on. Start the 15th. <laughs> so starting the 15th, I never dreamed that our shows would be aired on two-thirds of the globe. At least two-thirds of the globe. I, I, I was, we were, Dave and I was kidding. Cheryl this morning coming in and said... When that hits the 15th, if those people start ordering stuff, we might have to put Cheryl back in the media department. (laughs) (laughs) About Build a Bigger? (laughs) Oh, no telling what will happen. I don't know, but all I know is it's all God, you know, and He takes care of whatever. I mean, I would have never dreamed, never dreamed a few years ago when I started out and made my first tape. I made that first tape, 90 minute tape, sitting up there in my office or off of my bedroom, setting up in my bedroom on a little dinky $150 recorder with a $2 microphone. I never dreamed the day would come when we would be making and giving away five to 10,000 of those a week. But right now we're buying, we never buy less than 5,000 CDs and DVDs in a week. And most of the time we buy eight to 10,000 every week. And then we buy 1,000, 2,000 cassette tapes every week. And, of course, now the videos are down. You know, thank goodness, you know, we don't give very many of those away. Those are expensive, and they take a lot of time to make, you know. So, like a six-hour video cassette, VHS cassette, takes six hours to make it, you know. But a DVD, even an eight-hour teaching on a DVD, I can make it in 12 minutes. Twelve minutes. Just like a couple the other day at Abilene, they said they got some of our DVDs and said we sat there and watched this DVD for one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. Five and a half hours later, she said, how long is this teaching? (laughs) She said, we finally decided we'd pause it right there and stop right there. We'd come back the next day and listen to the rest of it. But she said that first section we watched was five and a half hours. Isn't that amazing when you take a little tiny dinky disc that cost us less than 40 cents and we can put that much teaching on one little disc? And now then, they're going to take these teachings. And another thing I thought was unique <coughs> while we were out there <coughs> the other night, they had given a guy in India, of course this covers India too, all of India's in that, said that they had given a guy from India three of their older Uh, television cameras when they got some upgrades, and he's been using them over there, and when he heard the other day that they had got this satellite, he called Al and said, Al, I realize this satellite will cover all of India, but the people will have to have these certain little antennas, you know, to be able to receive it, and he said, we got nine cable networks that we're on right now that cover 75 million people in India, just a little portion of India, 75 million, nine networks, cable networks. And he said if we had nine of these 10-foot disks, we could beam up to this satellite you're beaming down on, and we could tie that right into the cable networks, and 75 million people would immediately have access in India to your network. And he said, well, okay. So when we was out there the other night, he said, you know, folks, these antennas in the United States cost $3,600 apiece. But in India, we can buy them and set them up and hook them up for $1,000. So if anybody wants to help us so we can get this online before the 15th, if you want to donate $1,000 or $50 or $500 or whatever you want, just send it in and we'll put these antennas up. We was on television two hours that night. And when we got through, Al handed me a stack and said, I want you to look at this. He gave me two to talk about, you know, or to tell, you know, so-and-so from so-and-so gave a thousand, so-and-so from so-and-so gave a thousand. But at the end of the show, he said, here, look at this. We're off the air. And I said, number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine $1,000 pledges. That's exactly what we needed. Is God awesome? I only have one thing to say. And I'm going to have to call Al, the owner of it. They had put out a plea for some other money to buy some other uh, networks somewhere. And the money had come in so fast that he said, told everybody, said, hold it, stop, don't send in any more money. You know, we've got more money now that we can use for a little while. I, when he said that, I thought, boy, he, a check in my spirit. I'm going to call him back and say, Al, don't never, ever cheat people out of their blessings. You know, don't never tell them not to send it in. Because if they don't give, they can't be blessed. Oh, I said, you need to just say, thank you, Lord. And I said, when the abundance comes in, he said, well, I, I want my bank account to be empty when I when we go to heaven. I said, I don't. I want mine to be full and running over and never be paid. Oh, you know, that's the way I want mine. You know, I want to take the money God gives us in the ministry and use it for the glory of God and to buy everything we can possibly need, help every ministry we can help, and do everything. And any time anybody has a need, we got the money to give them. You know, I don't want to have to come out and say, "Hey, I got to have five thousand dollars to do this." I want to have one hundred and fifty thousand in the bank. Man. You know, so if I got a five thousand dollar need, I can just write that check and say, "Here it is." You know, I'm not going to cut God short. You know, I want people to be blessed. Does anybody remember the scripture says give and it shall be given unto you? <laughs> Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall man give into your bosom? Because with the same measure you use to give, it be, will be returned unto you. Guess what? You know why so many people in the church don't have anything? They don't give nothing. They don't give anything. You know, I'll tell you a real quick little story right here before we take a couple of testimonies. But there was a man I met one time. I had this man came out to my house. I had a little brick job on the front of my house. I just didn't have time to do. And it was a little job, and I just thought, I'm just so covered up with what i got to do. And I found a guy, young man, and and he came out, and I I said, could you do this brick job for me? And he said, yeah. I said, how much you charge me? And he told me. I said, okay. I said, fine. You can start. When can you start? He said, I can start on a Saturday. I said, good. I said, by the way, son, where do you go to church? I said, First, I said, are you a Christian? He kind of looked at me startled. and He said, well, yeah. I said, where do you go to church? He said, the First Baptist Church. I said, the First Baptist Church where? He says, in Justin. I said, well, I go to First Baptist Church in Justin every Sunday, and I ain't never seen you. I said, you must not come very often. I said, how many times have you been? He said, well, I've been twice. I said, well, that's not very much. Twice. I said, uh, why is it you don't come to church if you're a Christian? Well, he said, I don't like them hellfire and brimstone preachers. And I, I don't know which preacher he heard. but <laughs> It wasn't the same one I had. But, and I said, anything else you don't like? He said, yes. When they pass that off and plate under my nose, I don't like to give. I said, oh, you don't like to give. I said, would do you mind if I ask you, how is your financial condition? Are you blessed? No, he said, Absolutely not. I said, So you haven't struggling in your business? He said, Absolutely I'm struggling. I said, I knew it. I said, You're disobedient. I said, You're a child of God, I guarantee you've turned yourself over to the devil, and I said the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy, and you ain't never gonna make it. I said, You're gonna struggle because you've not known the word of God. I said, Son, I'm gonna guarantee you and that's the only place in God's word where he says you can put me to the test. I said, You come to church in the morning. Next, that, that was Saturday then when he gave me the bid. I said, you come to church at that Baptist church in the morning and you give God 10% of everything you made last week. And if you'll do that every week, I'll guarantee you, you won't ever have another need for money as long as you live. Amen. He looked at me and he said, I ain't never seen nobody like you. I said, what a shame. What a shame. I said, everybody ought to be like me Amen. when it comes to the kingdom of God. I said, now you do what I told you and I guarantee God will bless you. Well, the next Sunday morning I walked in church and there he was. I said, Well, praise God, brother, good to see you today. He said, Good to be here. And he was in Bible study that morning. Him and his wife and his daughter. Well then they was in church service. But that night when I come back when we were back, I was really impressed. I mean three times in one day, three teachings in one day, and he was back. Well the next Sunday he was back again. And the next Sunday they were back again. And the next third Sunday, when they came back, his wife got me off to the side. and She said, Mr. Scrivener, I don't know what you said to my husband. She said, I have begged him, pleaded with him, prayed over him. I've done everything in the world to try to get him to go to church. And he will not go to church. And I asked him, honey, please let me give some money to the church. He said, no, you ain't giving my hard-earned money to that preacher. ain't giving him nothing. But she said, you know, three weeks ago, my husband came in and he said, you know, I just met a very unique guy. And he said, We're gonna to go to church in the morning. She said, Well, great. So, you know, she's blessed. She said the next morning when they got up, he said, How much money did we make this week? She said, We made eleven hundred I mean one hundred and fifteen dollars. One hundred and fifteen dollars total income in a week for a man in business for himself doing brickwork. Do you know that's not a whole lot of money? And he said, okay, write a check for a tithe. And she said, I like to keel over. <laughs> Crash. <laughs> he tells me to write a tithe off of $115. And she said, praise the Lord. Yes. So she said, I wrote the check. And she said, the first Sunday we gave. And said, so the next Sunday, Mr. Scrivener, our income doubled. And she said, I wrote another tithe. And she said, Mr. Scrivener, this morning when I wrote the tithe, we had enough money to pay all our bills this week. We, we tied first and had enough money left to pay all our bills. And had a little bit left over. She said, this is awesome. And so, about a year later, a year and a half later, the boy come to church every time the door's open. I mean, he was there. Every time. And about a year, year and a half later, I guess maybe a year and a half later, I was going out to the car one day, and he comes said, Mr. Scrivener, I, I want to just thank you for being so bold with God's word. Amen. I said, well, what do you mean, son? He said, you know, I didn't realize how beat up I was by the enemy. I didn't know who he was. But he said, my wife and I started coming to church back there when you saw us that first day, that first Sunday after you told us to, and said, so we started tithing. And he said, you know, today, only a year and a half or so later, I have saved enough money to buy my wife a very nice car, and I paid cash for it. And he said, I've also saved enough money to make a down payment on us a nice home. And all this has happened in one and a half years. He said, I have never been so financially blessed in my life. He said, I've added two men to my company in the last year and a half. He said, I want to thank you for telling me the truth about God's Word. Changed that boy's life forever, ever. But about the sixth or seventh week into this, I walked in the back of that church and I'm walking down the aisle, coming to the front, because church is just about ready to start. And I never made it in out of my Sunday school class till it was the last second. So I'm walking down the corridor and I'm kind of going fast like this. And I see all of a sudden a lady keeps looking back, looking back. And when she sees me, I see her do this. And I start getting close to her. She jumps up, jumps over her husband, and grabs me
1: around the neck. I mean, this is in church. I mean, Ernest, can you imagine this? Amen. This woman jumps up. And <laughs> I ain't never seen this woman before. I said, ma'am, I said, ma'am what's, what's wrong? I mean, everybody in the church watches I said, ma'am, what's, what's wrong? what did I do? She said, you're the man I've been looking for all of my life. And I thought, oh, God. <laughs> Dios, I'm in trouble. What is wrong? Wow. I mean, you, you don't have any idea. What's going on? I don't know this woman. And I guess that's her husband sitting right there. I don't know who it is. And she's telling me I'm the man she's been looking for all of her life. And she's not talking quiet either. She's talking out loud. Everybody's hearing it. I am think, oh, we're getting ready to start church. I think, oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> She said, my son-in-law,
0: I have prayed for him, I have prayed for him, and I have prayed for him. And said, you're the man that I've been looking for all my life. you got my son-in-law in church. You have changed his life. You've changed my daughter's life. You've changed my granddaughter's life. She said, you're the man I've been looking for all of my life. And I thought, oh, praise God. Thank you, Lord. What a blessing. I mean, the Lord, He just blessed my socks off right there in that service. I mean, I didn't know what to do with this woman that I'd never seen. You know, jumped up and grabbed me around the neck and started to say, You're the man I've been looking for all of my life. I thought, Woo! What have I done now? You know, but you never know what God's going to do. But see, this woman was so appreciative of what God has done. Isn't isn't serving the king lots of fun? I mean, you can have some real experiences serving the king. I mean, good ones. I mean, really good ones. All you've got to do is do what God says, and He'll bless your socks off. I mean, you know, but, t- but today, we're going to take a couple of testimonies. I know some of y'all got some testimonies, and I haven't taken any lately. <clears throat> I know little Michelle, she's got one up here she wants to tell us. And uh, I want her to come give her testimony. She's got one. She's done something. The Lord done something wonderful for her, and let's see what the Lord's blessed her with.
2: Well, what happened was my cat got injured by my other cat. He knocked the bird bath onto his surgical site where he broke his leg. So I ran I ran after him and he ran up the stairs dragging his leg and he got to the windowsill and he kept breathing real fast and he was going to have a heart attack. So I grabbed him, stuck it in the carrier, ran into the, prayed all the way up there. And then the next day he came home and he wasn't eating much, but he, he was on painkiller and not fried and stuff. Now he's not on anything. And he's running around.
0: Amen. Praise the Lord. That's what happens when you pray. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Anybody else got a testimony you want to share, Janet? Come up here. Come on up here, girl. Yeah. Yeah, come up here, girl. you got to come up here and tell us what's, what you got. God does good things.
3: Well, Leanne had been running a fever and complained of stomach cramps since Thursday. She stayed home from school Thursday and Friday. And, of course, we've been praying over her all weekend and... And um, I uh, called Cheryl and Thurman this morning and and um, just asked for some prayer support and and we we uh, she she still was saying I don't feel good you know and. I said, well, we're going to go to church and God's going to heal you. I tell you what, by the time we got dressed, her fever
2: was completely
3: gone. Amen. And she's Amen. sleeping now because Amen. she's tired. She didn't Amen. Sleep. Praise
0: she, the Lord. God. Amen. Glory to God. I mean, you, you got to believe the Lord. What we're going to talk about today, I'm going to show you some of these things. Amen. Praise the Lord.
3: You know, you didn't know this, but for 10 years I have been addicted to an antidepressant. And I let a spirit-filled physician make me believe that that would help me with all the stress in my life Mm -hmm. 10 years ago. And I have tried many times to get off unsuccessfully. And about three months ago, I made a decision. Lord, I know you can help me do this. You show me how you want me to do it. And I dropped from 60 milligrams to 30 milligrams. The first month. It was tough. I didn't say anything to anybody, but there were some believers here in this body that were praying for me. Amen. Then I went from 30 to 15, and that was even tougher. And I am so thankful for this group of believers because they have loved me and encouraged me. And you know, I persevered. And yesterday, I really thought I was to the place I was having a hard time breathing, and it was so funny, I was talking with Pat. There were these two little ladies that were walking down the road. And I mean, I live out in Thackerville, Oklahoma, in the middle of nowhere. There were these two little ladies, and they were walking. And I thought, well, this is really strange. And I wonder what they're doing. So I made a circle around, and by the time I got back, they were still on the road about a mile further than they had been before. And I stopped, and I asked them. I said, do you all need to go somewhere? Is there something I can do for you? And they said, no, we're just out here walking. Louis thought this was like Bosier City. You know, we had the casinos there in Thackerville, and there's no city. And I said, you're right. There's a convenience store, a post office, and a bank. And I said, are you all Christians? And they said, yes, we are. And I said, well, you know, there's the casino here. You all could pray, you know, for this place. And I said, but I live about a mile down the road. The gate's open. If you need a glass of water or want to come visit, you know, I'm there. Come on. And anyway, I gave him my cell phone number, and it was really strange because I had left Pat a message yesterday because, I mean, I thought, you know, we're we're just really in trouble here. And I don't know what happened, but there was something in the spirit yesterday that was broken, and it has been a week day since I've had any medicine
2: and I just Hallelujah. am so
3: very yeah.
1: I give the Lord all the praise, praise the and I want to say
3: to any of you all that are out there if you have any kind of you know medicine like that that you're wanting to get off of you know I just went with baby steps but the Lord was so kind and so Amen. merciful and gracious
0: to Amen. me he'll and meet you where your
2: faith is yes he did yes ma'am he will and so I just
3: want to express appreciation for this body of believers Amen. and for this ministry because I didn't have a car. I just have to tell this, too, because you all prayed for me, a car. And I remember the words that you and Cheryl spoke, and we were was, Gloria was there and Wendy, and we were all gathered together in a circle, and you said, And God gave her something beyond her wildest dreams. And he gave me a little white card, a little Ford Focus with a spoiler.
2: Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and I remember
3: it and every time I get to come here I just am so thankful because it's because you pray.
0: Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Yeah. Praise the king. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Friends, has got something to say.
4: Well this is for you too, because oh. yesterday it's a little embarrassing. I had someone drive down from Oklahoma for the healing school yesterday course it's next week not yesterday <laughs> so i ended up with a little mini healing
0: school here amen.
4: he did get delivered he got fully healed i got an email this morning all the symptoms he had heart problems every day amen. all the symptoms were gone as of this morning It's strictly from what you've been teaching praise, God's the, lord.
1: Word. praise the lord
0: thank you jesus amen oh praise the
5: lord here's my truck driver it's a crazy truck driver. He's back again, by the grace of the Lord, and with his beautiful daughter. Hey, I, I, I hey, hey,
0: hey, I don't want you to say that. Crazy truck driver, no
2: more. Well,
5: hey, her, her little sister, when she was three, she told me one time, when she was just learning to talk really good, and she told me, she goes, Daddy, she said, you're crazy. And I looked at her, and I said, yeah. And she said, but it's a good crazy. Amen. Huh? Amen. It is, it's a good crazy. Amen. And Praise you know, the Lord. I, wanted, I just want to share blessings for obedience, curses for disobedience. This little girl, she's 10. When she was 8, she saw me be rebaptized one time. And she said, Daddy, I want to go and do that. And I said, well, we'll talk to him see what we have to do. And she went through a little class to go through. But one of the most honorable blessings that I've ever had in my Christian walk of six years of being obedient to God was getting to lead this little girl to the Lord. Amen. And that's what I told her. She said when well, she went through the little school and we were going to go to, for her to be baptized and stuff, and I asked her, her name's McKenzie, And I asked her, I said, McKenzie, I said, have you asked the Lord to come to your heart? And she goes, oh, no, I haven't. I said, do you want to do that? And she goes, oh, yeah, I'd like to. And, well, hey, that was my cue. And I said, oh, Lord, yes. And I said, well, we'll bow down. And we knelt down on our knees in front of Fellowship hey. Church out there. And I led her to the Lord. Now, one day, we will spend eternity in heaven. And that's an awesome day for me. Man. Now, her little brother yeah. is the one that I brought the last time I gave my testimony. And Thurman prayed. He had the asthma. Had. Had. It's history. He had the asthma, praise God. And Thurman prayed the prayer of faith over this little boy. And when I went to pick him up yesterday, his grandmother and his, his great-grandmother. His grandmother is 70. His great-grandmother is 92. And they have got in on the TV 24-7. And they love the Lord with all their heart. But they've never seen miracles. Like I've never seen miracles before I came here to Thurman's. And they've been watching this little boy because he lives there with them all the time. And, and when I got up there, they go, You know what? Ever since he went to the healing school or whatever, he hasn't coughed anymore. His asthma, do you believe it's gone? I said, No, I know it's gone. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt, he has no more asthma. Hey, and that's just man, one man. of the many miracles that God is doing because of Brother Thurman. God hey, bless you. you tell I tell you what, you need to, everybody here needs to listen in. Feed in, start getting the word rooted into your heart and in your mind, because I'm still scattering. Hey, if you only knew, only God knows how many DVDs and how many CDs that I scattered this week, and I handed one particular one to a guy in Tennessee, and I told him, I said, I said, brother, here's a CD. I want you to listen to this because your life will be changed. When I drove off, the Lord said, you just changed his life. I, said, I didn't do nothing. He said, had you not gave him that, his life wouldn't be changed. But it's a message from Brother Scribner. And I tell you what, it, it like wildfire in the in the summer sun, is scattered. Your messages are scattered but, hey, by a divine appointment. And I'm doing my part. And, hey, we're growing and we're, living, we're loving
1: every minute of So God bless you, Tom. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
0: Okay. Anybody else? will if there's... If we have no more, no, do we have one? Some Okay, you got one. Come back. Come up here. Come up here. We'll take one more here. Praise the Lord. Lord. Okay, yeah.
4: I got a telephone call uh, from my niece in Decatur, and her best friend in Collinsville, Oklahoma. Her niece was in a car wreck. She was 16 years old. And she said, when, when Carmen called her, she said, well, I'll call my aunt. So she called me, and the little girl's name was Taylor West. And she said, pray for her, because when they got her to the hospital, her brain was bleeding and their care flattened her to Tulsa. So I started praying. I called another friend of mine. I got on the computer and emailed uh, the ministry. And uh, the next morning she called and left me a message. She said, this is God. She said, I'm so excited. She said, her brain was bleeding in eight places. By the time they got her by helicopter to Tulsa, her brain had completely quit bleeding. And the next day she went home.
0: Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. we got another one. Oh, okay. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Sorry, sir. That's, that's didn't. Like Amen. Praise, yes. <laughs> Amen, brother. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You've nice. come a long way to give this testimony. All the way from Canada.
4: <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a preacher, so I'm going to keep it short. Hey, okay. <laughs> that's why he was worried about me. Okay. Uh, about a month, a little over a month, five weeks ago, my wife was taking a mission team of 28 people into Haiti. And we were sitting home the night before, our furnace blew up. And I'm talking not flunk and quit working. I mean, it blew up. Okay. I called a guy in there, and he came in. and He said, well, it's going to cost you between eight and $9,000 because we have to redo this and redo that and replace this and take out the stack. Oh, I don't have $8,000. I'm retired. I'm a retired preacher. <laughs> so we sat there and talked about it. We're, we're in Canada Maybe that will help. It goes down to 20 below zero. If you don't have a furnace, you're really in trouble. Okay. So I called the credit union, the manager whom I know, and I said, and I don't, I was pushed because I was borrowing money and I don't believe in borrowing money. But I've been a tither for 50 years. And I'm saying, God, why am I borrowing money? And we went in prayer about it. We borrowed the money. The guys came the next day, like. Wham, they put in new furnace, new piping, new stack. New. They went to work all day, come back the next day and put in some more stuff and gave me a bill for thousand dollars $8,015, okay, exactly. And uh, so I said, Lord, <laughs> okay, we have the furnace, we have the bill. Where do we go, okay? I got the check from the credit union, paid the guy, but, you know, now guess who owns me, right? Yeah my wife left the next day about 2 o'clock she went to Haiti with the team two days after that somebody came up and said well I don't know why but the Lord said I should give you this so I reached out <laughs> and shook hands with the guy and, and you know you don't know and let's see how much you gave. you sort of put it in your pocket and when they're gone you say thank you brother bless you God bless you I opened it up it's a check for $3,000 now he didn't owe me anything <laughs> I hadn't done anything for him he just gave me so he thought, I promptly went to the credit union and the manager looked at me and he said uh, how did you manage this I, said, I told you I work for God and also, <laughs> he knows me we had a good joke the day we left to come down here I got two phone calls one was for a thousand dollars they said the Lord wished them to give me not your church they made this clear not your church this is yours 1,000, 2,000, right? I picked up the phone last night to take down my messages from Canada. There's a guy up there who said, "As soon as you get home, call me. I have a thousand dollars for you." I don't know who the man is. Okay, this is simply a testimony to one thing. When I was in college, I tied. When I couldn't buy butter in the dorm, I tied. Okay. Now I'm not bragging up me. Okay. But now, I've never really been in a position where I was hard-knocked, need money, until five weeks ago. And here it comes, right?
1: Okay. When this man
4: says, trust the king, listen to what
1: he's saying. Amen. Amen. Praise, God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Wow.
0: All right, now I've got a question to ask you to start off with today. How many of you have ever been to a doctor in your life? 100% of us. When you go to a doctor, when the doctor says, and they never say this, I have this little pill here, one little pill. And with your problem, this one little pill, and I'll sell it to you for one dollar, I guarantee it'll immediately, instantly heal your disease. Have you ever heard a doctor tell you that? Huh? Never? Never. Now, if they had a pill like that that would do that for one dollar, since we understand the economic industry... They would take that pill and it would cut it up in 500 pieces, and they'd put a piece of it in 500 other pills, and then sell each pill to you for a dollar a piece. Is that the way they do business? Yeah, sure. But now, how many of you have go to the doctor and the doctor says, "Here's a bottle of pills, 50, and it only costs you maybe 50 or 100 dollars, depending on whatever some medication now costs 50 dollars a pill, maybe more than that for some of them, but." I hadn't been in so long, you can tell how long it's been when you could buy a bottle of pills for $30, you know, there's 50 pills in it, you know, so, uh, you know, I understand that's almost a bygone thing, but here's what they usually do. They give you a prescription, go down to the druggist or the pharmacy, and pick up your bottle of pills. There'll be 50 of them in there. You take one in the morning at 8, one at noon, and one at 5 o'clock every afternoon, until the entire bottle is gone and you should be healed by that time. <clears throat> how many of you ever heard a doctor say that? Okay. Now then, if the doctor tells us that this medicine, these pills that they give us, will heal us, and how many of you bumped into the doctor feeling lousy and they gave you some kind of medication and in two, three, four, five days you felt like a new person? We've all been there too, right? We had faith in that pill. We had faith that that pill, that that doctor, we didn't have a clue what was in it. In fact, a lot of us didn't even know the doctor we went to. Might have been the first time you ever went to him. You didn't even look on his wall to see if he was really a doctor. You know, somebody just told you, and you saw a sign out there that says, Dr. So-and-so. So, Or somebody said, you know, if you've got a problem, you need to run down to see my doctor. He's at so-and-so place in a certain, certain street and he's really good. And so, you know, you never thought to ask him good in what. <clears throat> you know, so you just go. And usually whatever that doctor tells you, you take it as the gospel. And if he says take a pill in the morning, one at noon, or to take one a day. They might just say take one a day till they're gone. And you should be okay by that time. Now then, some of the pills that are out there today, like the ones I saw The other day when I went into the internet, was looking up some stuff on CNN news. And they had taken, I forget how many people, and they would given this new drug to, these new pills, and 14 of the people that took it within the first day were dead. Side effects, it can cure this, but side effects can cause heart stoppage. Hey, it did in 14 people. That's not exactly the kind of pills you want to take, right? Especially not if you had to give 50 bucks a piece for them or something like that. You know. But that does happen. The side effects on medicine today is awful. But most of us today, if we do go to a doctor, and nearly everybody does, you go to a doctor, and if the doctor tells you to take these pills this way, you will do it. <clears throat> Let me show you in Matthew chapter 6. How often Jesus tells us to take our medicine. Now, how many of you know he said in Psalms 107, verse 20, he sent forth his word and healed you? Have you, anybody ever heard that verse? If he sent forth his word, he didn't say he sent forth his word to heal you, he said he sent forth his word and healed you. It's a done deal. Let's get this clear right now, God is on our side as his children. He's not fighting against us. The devil is our enemy. He's the one that's fighting against us. So God has laid out a plan here with a set of promises of how to get people healed. I mean, I think the other night in that church, actually Saturday afternoon, we were speaking at New Hope Church, it's an Assembly of God church in Abilene. And I thought how that pastor stood by faith. Here is a big bowling alley that supposedly when they first appraised it, it was appraised at $5 million. But it was out in the middle of nowhere, and there was no other businesses around it. Nowhere, and it couldn't make it. So they had to close. Nobody was out there. But it appraised for $5 So this pastor, he's needing a place. And he happened to see this great big old closed down bowling alley out there, and he thought that'd be a great place for a church. So he goes out there and he tries to buy it. They said, Well, it's been on the market for I forget how many years, but several years. And said, We've finally lowered the price to, I think it was maybe three million instead of five. They lowered it to three. And no buyers. Not a single buyer. Hmm. He said, Well, let me. Pray about it, and we'll see what we could do about it. And so he went and prayed and prayed and prayed and asked the Lord. He said, Lord, what should I do here? And the Lord says, that thing is yours by faith. Amen. He had a of word from God. Now, that thing is his by faith. You're going to have to stand by faith and believe, and it'll be yours. So, he said he continued to pray, continued to talk to the people, and finally they came down to two million We'll sell it to you for two million. He said, Well, I don't have two million. You know, we're going to have to come down lower than that. He said, We ain't coming down the lower two million. So finally, one day, a guy came in and said, You know, I got a guy that might buy that place for you. He said, Really? He said, Yeah. So he connected him with this man, and this man worked for Hobby Lobby. Now, Hobby Lobby is very good at this. They do this real often for churches, they're a really big outfit. So, you know, if you ever see a Hobby Lobby store somewhere and you need some arts and crafts, buy them at Hobby Lobby. It's a good place. Guarantee. Those people are people of the kingdom. So, anyway, they were the ones that bought the deal for Bill Gothard. They had a $46 million property down there. And Hobby Lobby bought that for $9 million and then leased it to Bill Gothard for a year and he went in and spent a million dollars renovating it at the end of the year they sold it to him for one dollar and Bill got up with 2200 acres of land with 25 beautiful homes on it with all these other buildings on it and everything for one dollar you can't hardly beat that plus he spent a million dollars in renovation yes brother wait, wait just a minute let me, let me get the mic so people can hear what you're saying they can't hear that let me just walk back here with you.
4: I just I work for Mardale Christian bookstore yes, here in town and they're based out of Oklahoma. But they're they're partnered in with Hobby Lobby. They oh, own it all together. So So you know who I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well anyway, these people at Hobby Lobby, they sent their man out and he began to deal with these people and what they do, they will take property that they can buy for twenty five to forty cents on the dollar of the appraised value. And then whenever they give it to a church then they take that big write off so they make money and they really make money on these deals and so anyway Hobby Lobby got with them and, and told them said, we'll give you a million for it a million and they said there ain't no way they finally after a lot of prayer and a lot of time they come down to 1.2 million and he said Lord and said, the Lord told me he said it's yours by faith you're going to have to receive it by faith see we don't understand what faith is we really don't understand what faith is. But he's standing. And everybody said, well, you ain't going to get it. He said, oh, yes, I am. That's mine. That building's ours. We're going to get somebody. God's going to own that building. It's ours. Now, his confession is right. Even finally Hobby Lobby comes to him and said, well, you know, they're not going to sell. We've tried everything we know to do. We just put it in our dead letter file. It's, it's over. He said, no, that building's going to be ours. It's going to happen. Y'all are going to get that building for us. I am not taking o for an answer. And it goes back to the real estate people. They finally talked to the owners and they finally said, Okay, one point one million, that's it. We are not coming down any lower. He said, Nope, the building is a million dollars and it's ours and we're gonna have it. We're gonna buy the building for a million. We ain't gonna give you one point one, you're gonna give you gonna give that building to us for one million dollars, and we gonna it's gonna be ours, and we're gonna build a church there. And the guy said, there Ain't no way it's gonna happen. There ain't no way. He called Hobby Lobby again and said, they're going to sell that for a million dollars. The guy said, well, they'll have to call us this time. You know, He said, I've dealt everything I know to do, and it's in our dead letter file, and he said, it's over. This pastor said, that building is mine by faith for a million dollars. I think this is just exactly what we do when we fight sickness and disease. Same kind of deal. Same principle. So anyway, he continued to confess that building is mine. It's ours. It's going to belong to the Assembly of God Church. We're going to have a beautiful church right here in, in Abilene, right here on this loop. He said, it's ours. Everybody said, it ain't going to happen. He went to the Lord and said, Lord, you said that building is mine. He said, I don't know what you're going to do to move on them people's heart, but you're going to have to do something. I've done everything I know to do. Now it's in your hands, Lord. You move on them, those people's hearts. The next day... The real estate agent called and said the people have changed their mind and they're going to sell it to you for one million. Amen. But you've got to close. This was the 10th day of December, but you've got to close before the end of the year. Now, that's not very long, is it? So the guy picked up the phone called Hobby Lobby. He said they're going to sell it to us. I told you that building's mine. They're going to sell it to us for a million dollars. They're going to let us have it, but we've got to close before the end of the year. They've got to get it off the books. This year, for tax purposes and everything. 'Cause you know if a building's appraised at five million, you know what the taxes are when it rolls over into the next year? That's some serious dollars. They didn't want it on their tax roll, but it had to close at a million dollars before the end of the year. On the twenty seventh day of December, that building completely closed and Hobby Lobby handed it over to the church and gave them the building. Hobby Lobby bought it for a million. He said, We closed. Now, that's the church we were speaking in. They went in there and renovated the thing and got a great, big, beautiful building. It's now been reappraised for $7.5 million. And on that corner, within ten days... Now, for nine years, not a piece of property had sold around this building for nine years. And once the Lord closed on His church, within ten days... Every piece of property around the church sold, and a new business, or a fast food, or a big restaurant, or a big beautiful hotel, everything has been built brand new since December of last year. Everything is brand new, and that's an entire complex now. And it all happened once God got His church where He wanted it. See, if all those other things had come in, they would know why I sold that place for a million dollars. You'd have know, that big fancy restaurant out here and the big Chick-fil-A right here and the big uh, Holiday Express Hotel right there and those other big business buildings that's all been built out there.
1: They ain't no, these people said, hey, no, we ain't going to sell this thing for a million dollars. We won't five for it.
0: So God says, there ain't nothing going to happen out there until my men get that church for a million. Once they get the million, I'm taking the restraints off and that's going to sell. And everything's sold and everything's brand new. And like I say... They've reappraised the church today, and the church appraised by the city of Abilene is worth seven and a half million dollars.
1: Hey, what can God do when you stand by faith? But see, we don't know what standing by faith is. We don't know what it means. We think
0: God's not on our side. Oh God, if it be your will, will you please heal me? No. He's already done it. Do you know when the king said, it is finished on the cross, you know what he did? When he said, it is finished, has anybody ever heard that statement when the king said, it is finished, and he hung his head and he died? What do you think he meant? I have paid the price for your sin. I have bore your sin, so you don't have to sin no more. We don't even think like that. I have bore your sin, so you're not supposed to sin. I have also bore your sickness and removed your disease so you don't have to be sick no more. I have also destroyed the works of the devil and I have completely defeated him and disarmed him and triumphed over him. And now then, I have provided for you by faith abundant life. Prosperity. It's all yours. Everything belongs to you and me. But what do we do? We come to church, just like I told Janet this morning when she called, and said her baby here, one of her babies here was sick. I said, Janet, it's done. It's written in the Word. When I pray for that girl, she's got to get well. Amen. I mean, Jesus said in Matthew eighteen nineteen. That was the scripture I quoted her. I said Jesus said in Matthew eighteen nineteen, if two of us on earth agree about
1: anything, it is done. If I pray for you, it can't fail. You know, if I, if I don't
0: believe, that's when it fails. I told her, I said, that girl's healed. I said, you agree with me? She said, I do. She said, thank you for building my faith. I said, okay, get them girls and get them up and get them come to Brandon church. She said, we'll be there. And you heard what she said, didn't you? Amen. She got them dressed and got them started before she got out the door. The girl's fever completely gone. Now, she didn't sleep much last night, so she's tired. So she needs to rest. But she ain't sick. Right. See, now that's exactly the way you and me have got to walk out our healing with the Lord. We do not believe this. Look what the Lord says here. uh, And I was going to Matthew chapter 6 whenever I got to talking to you. Got way off track there. But anyway, Matthew chapter 6. Oh, and I told you all that to tell you this. And I forgot to tell the (laughs) punchline. The Lord just taught me. He said, you didn't tell what you started to tell. So don't your Lord. You're right. Thank you, Lord.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord
0: in that church that beautiful church yesterday there was a lady came up and I said ma'am what's wrong with you of course I prayed for lots of people yesterday and Friday night this lady walks she said I've got this terrible pain in my arm I can hardly bend my arm I reached up and laid my hand on her I said you got all your sins repented of woman she said I do I said I rebuke that devil of hell according to Mark 16 17 and 18 I said he's gone I said now you're healed in the name of Jesus I said, Jesus said I can have whatever I say with my mouth if I believe with my heart. Mark eleven twenty three. 23. I said, move that arm. You're healed. She says, what? I said, do you believe the Word? Well, sure. I said, then don't just move them slow. Jerk them back like this and say, thank you, Lord. She says, wow! She said, there's no pain.
1: I said, I told you. If I prayed for you, You're healed. I mean, when, God, when you realize God's on your side. Amen. And He wants to do these wonderful things through you. But you've got to do it in
0: faith. He is a faith God. Oh God, please, if it be your will. will you, this daughter of yours is suffering. Would you please heal her arm? I can just see the king said, oh, if I could be sick, you'd make me
1: sick. <laughs> Y'all see where I'm coming from? If I could be made sick, that kind of stuff would make me sick after what I did when I came to that earth and said, It is finished, and I beat the devil for you, and I bore your sickness
0: and removed your disease, and I gave you power over sin, and you tell me you're an unworthy sinner? I said, Isn't that amazing? We go out, and here's what we do. We don't apply this medicine we're going to talk about. But we go out and somebody says, "You know, I did read in James 5 where it said, "The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much." I said, "That's absolutely right. Now then I want to ask this question to every one of you, and I want to see a show of hands. If you know you're the righteousness of God in Christ, raise your hand. If you didn't raise your hand, you need some more training. You need to know what the word says. If you can't raise your hand and say, I know I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. You say, but good grief, look what you just did. Maybe yesterday you sinned, or you did this, or you did all kinds of things. Hey, it don't have a thing to do with me. I mean, I can be a sinner. Unfortunately, I shouldn't be, but I'm still a human being and I'm still a man. And for all you women that's got men... That don't know that they ain't none of them perfect. You need to talk to me and Cheryl. We can tell you they ain't no perfect ones. Well, let me tell you, no perfect women either. You know. So if you ever think you get to the point where you're perfect, although God says that's the goal, I haven't met him or her yet. Have you? No. I haven't met him. But Peter says when he raised that man up to that cripple, they said, "How did you do this?" He said, "If you think it's by my holiness." Or my righteousness, this man stands before you healed. He said it's not, but it's by faith in the name of the Holy One, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He was the only man that ever walked on this face of this earth without sin. And when you see yourself, as He sees you, you are the righteousness of God in Christ, and the Holy One is in you, and you're going to use His name to speak. You can knock a devil out of anybody in the name of Jesus. That's just like at the healing school the other day. A woman, her phone vibrated evidently, and she got up and walked outside, and she come back in. And I was just about 20, 30 minutes before the break, and I stopped and I said, I'm going to take a couple, two or three testimonies, whatever. And she said, well, while we are on the break, Mr. Scrivener, that was my son, just called. He lives in Fort Worth, and he's deathly sick. He's throwing up. He has diarrhea and everything. And he just called Mom for prayer. And she said, would you pray for him? I just threw my hands up, and I said, I'm coming to the throne of grace. Jesus told me in Hebrews 4.16 to come to the throne of grace and He told me to walk in there like a timid little kitten, didn't He? What did He tell me to walk in there like? He said walk in there bold as a lion. So I just went to the throne of grace. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm coming to the throne of grace. I'm worshiping You and praising You that You made us all these awesome promises. You told us anything we demand in the name of Jesus in John 14.13, we shall have it. And I said, Lord, you said in Second Corinthians 1 that every promise you made that says yes and amen and every time if we're in Christ. Amen. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I worship you and praise you for this. I said, now rebuke that devil that's attacking that young man. And she told me what his name was and I called it. I said, I rebuke that devil. I command him to get his hands off of him right now in the name of Jesus. I said, we got power and authority over the devil because of what Jesus done on the cross. I said, Satan, get your hands off of him in Jesus' name. I said, Lord, thank you for sending your Holy Spirit now and completely healing that young man and delivering him, making him whole. I said, done in Jesus' name. Do you hear any faith in anything you heard there? Everything. Everything. We had a couple of testimonies. Took a break, came back in at break. The woman said, I called my son on break and he was instantly completely healed when you prayed. Hey, what kind of power do we have in the name of Jesus? Don't you think it's time the church realized that we're on God's side? Or He's on our side or something. I mean, do you not realize He's our Father? And if He made us these promises and He can't lie, then what are we going to do? I mean, if you're a father and you tell your son, hey, when you get to be 16, I'll buy you a car. If you're a good boy, you know. If you'll be a good boy, you know, you'll do what I tell you. You know, and you'll walk in obedience to my commands. And you'll be good to me and your mother and do everything we ask you. When you get to be 16, I'll buy you a new car. Let's say I'm a man of means. Let's say i got a billion dollars in the bank. You know, so go out and buy him a $20,000 car. It's nothing if i got that kind of money. And the boy's a good boy. I mean, he does everything right. Man, he's a good boy. Makes good grades in school. Dad promised me a new car when I'm 16. He said, if I'd be a good boy, he said, man, I'm going to make straight A's in school. I'm not going to get no demerits of no kind. Anything Dad asks me to do or anything Mom asks me to do, I'm going to do it. And so he does that for two, three, four years. I mean, he is a perfect boy. When he gets to be 16, he said, Dad, I'm 16. He said, yeah, son, I know. And I already got it sitting out in the front yard. I went and got it last night. And that boy goes out and he said, Wow, that's exactly what I wanted. Look at that beautiful new Mustang with everything on it. Exactly what a 16-year-old wants. But well, what if Dad said, "Oh, I'm sorry, son. I changed my mind. I'm not going to give it to you." You think you could ruin that boy? Guarantee you could ruin him. He just built. He had trusted Daddy, and now then Daddy lied to him. Well, oh, praise God, this daddy in this book can't lie to you. He made you a promise, and when you stand on His Word in faith, it'll happen every time. It's not if God's going to heal you. The church needs to get a hold of the fact when He said it's finished, it's done. He's done everything He's going to do. Now it's up to you and me to take this medicine. Though, so How many of you know the Word of God is medicine? It's the best medicine in the world and it don't have any side effects. No side effects. And it's free. You can't beat a deal like that. You can't find a benefit package like this nowhere else in the world. There's not one. I think about the little lady. How many of y'all remember little Miss Nell? Used to come here. You know she just went home to be with the Lord? Just a short while before she went home to be with the Lord. She had a very serious attack from the enemy. I think she was 84, 85, 86. Something. She's in her 80s. She had not had a sick day in 30-something years. When she first came here, she said, Thurman, you're one of the few preachers i ever seen in my life that preach what I believe in that book. But she said, I want you to know I ain't had a sick day in over 30 years. She said, the Word of God works. Well, one day she had an attack from the devil. And I mean he attacked her. And she stood by faith. She didn't want to go to the hospital, but her kids made her go. They took her. And they run a test on her. And they said, every organ in your body is infected. She said, I don't believe that. Jesus is my healer, and I am not buying that. I am standing on the Word of God. I am not sick. I am healed. And I am strong. And I guarantee you, I am not sick and the organs of my body are not infected. Now, what kind of faith does it take to declare that after the doctor just run this test? It takes great faith. Let me tell you, that woman had it. She declared the glory of God. That night, in her hospital room, she had a visitation from the king. The king spoke to her in her spirit. She said, I didn't see him. I didn't hear an audible voice. But I heard him speak to me in my heart. He said, Nell, you really have believed my word all these years. He said, because you stood in bold faith, I have made every organ in your body perfect. So the next day, the doctors come back in and said, well, we need to do a couple more tests. She said, there ain't nothing wrong with me. Jesus has already healed me. I need to get up and go home. And they said, It can't be. The test we run, it's impossible. Can't be. She said, I'm telling you, I'm healed. I know the King. Jesus is his name. And he's already healed me. It's done. It's written. So they said, well, We understand, Miss Nell. Well, you know, we understand you're 84. And, you know, you're bound to be a little senile. You know, they don't tell you this, you know. They said, We're going to go ahead and run these big scans and whatever, all this stuff anyway. And she said, I'm telling you, there ain't nothing wrong with me. Nothing. Jesus has made me completely well. He said so in His Word. So they ran all them tests. And the doctors come back and said, this cannot be. The first test we run, everything in her body is infected. All these last tests, there ain't nothing wrong with this woman nowhere. Nothing. We don't understand this.
1: But see, when the devil attacks you, and I'm going to tell you, he's going to attack you sooner or later. He is the author of death. And when he comes upon you,
0: if you don't learn these words and you don't learn to do what even Miss Nell did, if you don't learn the truth of the Word of God, he's going to take you out. You know what the average Christian does when the devil comes upon you and puts a symptom and they take you down to the hospital and they say every organ in your body is infected and you're going to die shortly? You know what nearly every human being says? Oh, my oh, oh, Lord, where are you? Hey, that don't move the hand of the king. You've got to realize this beast that's attacking you and the power he's given you in his name. And you've got to stand on it by faith. And you've got to administer this medicine to your flesh by faith from the Word of God. Well, Miss Nell, she administered it. And they finally said, We do not understand. We do not understand this. She got up out of the hospital and walked up and went home. Totally well. (laughs) It wasn't too much longer after that when she did die, and go home to be with Jesus. But she went home totally well. Not one affected, or sick organ in her body. This woman did something that I'm going to show you today that we do religiously with the medical world, but we don't do it with the, relig- with the spiritual world. And that's where we miss it. We come to church and have somebody pray for us one time, And if we don't get our healing right then, well, it wasn't God's will to heal me. Nope, that's not true. You're fighting a battle. And in the battle, you've got to always remember, the victory is mine. But see, the church don't know this. They do not understand what God says in His Word. Look what He says right here. In Matthew chapter 6. When the disciples ask Him, how do we pray? The Lord had told him. He said, you know, you need to pray, but I know what you have need of even before you ask. And then, verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What's the first thing we're supposed to do? Holy is the name of God. Is that right, Keith? I mean, we're supposed to and walk holy in the presence of the King. Right, brother? Yeah. I mean, He is worthy. There's never been another like Him. We say, Lord, You are worthy. And we praise You. But you know what we do? We get out there in the workplace, and a lot of us in the workplace, you would never know you were a Christian. Yeah, man. You never talk about Jesus. You never pray over anything. You know, I mean, boy, was I impressed the other night when that pastor took us to dinner. He took us over to this big... Uh, uh, what was the name of that place? Logan's, Logan's. Logan's a restaurant. Big, beautiful thing. It had a great, big old barrel of peanuts in the front. I'd never been in one of these Logans. I'd never seen one. But, man, they, they peel with big old peanuts. Throw the, oh, it was on the floor. They was all over the place. I never had been to one of them. But it sure did have some good food. And the service was excellent. We went in there and we sat down this big place in the corner. And, man, the people was waiting on us right and left. People all over the place in that place. And... We brought the water. And they started to drink the water and tea. And Cheryl tapped me, honey, are we going to pray over that? And I said, yeah, absolutely. I said, would you all mind if I pray over the water and the tea? He said, of course not. Go ahead. So I prayed over the water and the tea. And then they brought the food. And he said, now we're going to pray. I said, okay, good. He hollered, waitress, come over here. And so the little waitress came over. He said, get a hold of my hand. You hold that other lady's hand, which was Christy. Right there. And we all held hands. He said, now we're going to bless this food. And let me do it. We blessed that food in that restaurant. even with it. I said, wow, this is a young man that believes God. I mean, he wasn't ashamed of the king. He was hallowing the name of the Lord. He was bringing glory and honor to God, Right there in the restaurant. And guess what? We got ready to leave in a little while. And he said, the girl come up and said, one check or several? He said, one. I'm taking care of all of them. So he handed her the deal. He give them some money, credit card or whatever it was. When the little girl come back, she said, by the way, the manager said he paid for half of it. Isn't that amazing? The manager paid for half of the meal. For five of us to eat. I mean, you know, when you bless the name of the Lord, will He take care of you? Yes, He will. Look what He says. After He says, Hallowed be the name of the Lord. Thy kingdom come. You think He wants His kingdom to come on this earth right now? If he didn't want it, he shouldn't ask it, right? We're not doing a very good job of bringing it here. We've all missed tremendously. But he says, Thy kingdom come. He wants the kingdom to come now on the earth. And, I mean, you know, we can go to Matthew chapter 16 and Matthew chapter 18, and the Lord says, Whatever you bind on earth should be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth should be loosed in heaven. That's awesome. That's so much bigger than the average Christian. I mean I used to read that. In fact I remember teaching that to a group of men in my home one night. I started a Bible study. You know there in my home. And I'd have 6, eight, ten guys come out there one night a week. And with all those guys there one night. I got into Matthew 16 and Matthew 18. And I, I said I want you guys to read those verses to me. And I want you to tell me what that means to you. And did you know not one single one of those men had a clue what it meant? Not one of them. It's too powerful. They didn't think they could do what God's Word says. Isn't that amazing? Whatever you bind on earth, or whatever you allow on earth, should be allowed in heaven. Whatever you don't allow on earth will not be allowed in heaven. What kind of power did the king give us as his children on this earth? All power. And here we go around begging and pleading and on depressant things. You don't have to have that no more, do you? Absolutely not. I mean, that comes from the devil. We've got all power over the devil. If you get depressed, and everybody, the devil will depress everybody. He'll do something. He'll, somebody will do something or say something to you, and it'll put you in a state of depression. I'm telling you. I mean, just like Dave Rosenfeld, he does the best job on teaching this series on Luke 17 to any human being I ever read. Just what Jesus said, remember, it is impossible, but offenses will come. I don't care who you are. Did you know I have tried my best to get to a point where I don't expect nothing from nobody, but you know I can't get
1: there? You know what? I can't get there. And you won't be able to get there either. Because God said in His Word, it is
0: impossible, but offenses will come. When they come, what do you got to do with them? Forget them. Throw them away. Get rid of them and start over. But they're going to come, because God said they're going to. Well, look what He says here. After He says, after this manner, pray the kingdom of uh, the kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Do you think that in heaven there's any sickness and disease? No. Well, why in the world do we allow it in the church? You think there's any sin in heaven? Well, then why do we allow it in the church? Because we obviously don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know that every time I sin, it's a choice. It's a choice. I don't have to sin, do I, Deborah? You don't have to sin either. But sometimes we both make the wrong choice, don't we, girl? Yeah, we're both human beings. We all make the wrong choices. I don't care who you are. That devil is good. He is slick, and he knows what he's doing. Look what he says after he says, Our kingdom come, the will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us what? Oh, he must have meant give us this year. No, give us this month. Give us this week. Give us this day. So what does that mean? How often do you need to pray? Every day. Surely God wouldn't expect you to do that. Every day. What did I say about taking that medicine a while ago? The doctor said you take it three times a day and it'll heal you. If that doctor said take that medicine three times a day, most people will take that medicine three times a day. In fact, some of them will say, Doc, if I take it five times a day, will it do any better? <laughs> Have you had them ask you that too? Sure. Yeah. I want to get well quick. How about if I take If you say three times a day, what if I take it five? No, 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 no. You don't want to get too much of that stuff in you at one time. You've know, you got to take it the way the doctor says. And when you take it, you need to take it in faith. But let me explain something to you. If this book is true, and how many of you believe this book is true? We believe this book is really the Word of God. This book is really written to you and me. Then who knows what first John three eight says? Turn over and read first John three eight. I want you to see in the book of First John, I want you to see what the Lord told us there in first John, chapter three, verse eight. First John three, he that commit a sin, he that commit a sin is of who? You ever sin? When you sin, guess who's got a hold of you? Who? The devil. Now we don't like to admit that, do we? But he'll get a hold of you. I mean you got to really think just think, Peter, after Peter has spoken And Jesus said, who does people say that I am? He said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus walked over and put his hand on his shoulder and said, Peter, blessed are you. I mean, this was not revealed to you by men, but my my Father which is in heaven. He said, now then, I'm fixing to go to Jerusalem to die on the cross for y'all. And that same Peter, I mean, that devil got a hold of him right there. I mean, he yielded that beast. Here he is talking about the
1: kingdom. One minute. One
0: minute. And the next minute he said, no, never. It shall never be to you. And the Lord turned to him and said, get behind me, Satan. How quick can the devil take hold? You're my tongue, Fred. It don't take long, does it? I mean, we can be having a good day just worshiping and praising God. And the next minute, we're off on a tangent. Unfortunately, me and you both have done that a few too many times, right? That's what Cheryl used to say about me. She said, when I was standing up here preaching, she said, Man, I wonder what it would be like to be married to a perfect preacher. She married me and found out I'm far from perfect. Guarantee She'll agree with that. And any of the rest of
1: you guys out there think you've the criteria, let me talk to your wife. (laughs) There ain't none of us perfect. That's why the
0: Lord says, Forgive each other and love each other. Because we're not perfect. We're human beings. You can't walk there I mean, it takes staying in the Word day and night. But can God use an imperfect human being? Yes, I'm so grateful He can. Yes, because if it, was, if it was on my holiness and my righteousness that I got all these wonderful things done, we'd be in big trouble, wouldn't we, girl? Yeah, we'd be in big trouble. But thank goodness it's not my holiness and my righteousness that causes these miracles to happen. But it's by faith in the Holy One. The name of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. When you start to pray for somebody, and you have just done something really bad last week, but you've repented. Lord, I didn't mean to say that bad thing about somebody. But Lord, I know that hurt them real bad. But Lord, I repent. And I ask you to forgive me. I ask them to forgive me. And everything. And Lord, I I want to be clean and pure again. Now, if you've repented and asked forgiveness, are you clean and pure again? Sure you are. But you walk up to somebody and they're sick. Like this little girl this morning. Her mama calls and says, you know, actually it's not her mama. She's the grandmother, I think. Whatever makes no difference. Anyway, she's the mama. She's raising the girls. And she said she's sick. I have a book full of promises. Don't I, Janet? And we have a book full of promises. We know we make mistakes, don't we, girl? But we know when we repent of our sins, we know that we're forgiven. And so when we start to pray, the devil will immediately come up on your shoulder and he'll put a thought in your mind. he say, oh, you old unworthy critter, you, you don't think he's going to do nothing good for an old wicked guy like you. Now, I know none of y'all ever had the devil do that to you but me. But he's done that to me a lot of times. I mean, any time you start to pray, he said, oh, you remember last year when you'd done something so bad? And he'll call it right back to your mind. Pat, you know it? You
1: ain't thought about it
0: in a year. You think about it right then when that devil says, oh, you unworthy critter, you, you don't think God's going to do nothing for you. And guess what do we do? Most of the time we say, oh my. Okay, I'm sorry. Let me get out of the way, Lord. Let me get somebody in here righteous. And when you say that, the king says, Are you slapping me in the face? Are you telling me that the blood of my son that
1: washed you and cleansed you and made you the righteousness of God in Christ is not good enough?
0: Ooh. Yes, Lord, it was good enough. He said, Then go out there and do something. I didn't tell you to do it on your own. I told you to go out there and take my son's name. Do you ever read anywhere in the Word where he says, Do it in Melody's name? No. You ever read anywhere where he said, Do it in Pat's name? Whose name did he tell us do this in? The name of the King. Is that what he said, Ernest? If it was on my righteousness and your holiness, we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? We'd be in big trouble. But we know that when we speak in the name of Jesus in faith, After we get people's sins repented of, what has to happen if we stay in faith? It's got to happen. It's got to happen. And is anything hard for God? No. That's the whole thing. When you and I act in faith, I mean, so let's say, for instance, that we've got, well, like Dave back there. I mean, Dave Rosenfeld. He had that very serious, incurable disease, and he and I talked. I told him what to do, and he took the word, began to research it himself. And the more he researched the word, the more he realized. And I remember what Dave said when he said, "Lord, I got to get rid of all sin." He said, "Lord, I'm in trouble. I got plenty of them." Say, "Hey, that's a, that's a normal Christian, you know it." But he straightened his act up, and he stopped sinning. And then he started coming against the forces of darkness with it is written. And he gets worse. And worse. And at the end of a month, he is really worse. Now, how many people by the time you're standing on God's Word, you're taking this medicine every day. Two, three, four, five times a day. You're speaking it. And you're worse. What does the average Christian do at that point? Give up. That's exactly right, Ernest. We give up.
1: But when you get a hold of effect like Dave did, the promises are yes and amen. Every time. God said yes to his healing. He never said
0: no. Amen. He said, I ain't taking no for an answer. He said, Devil, I got all power over you. I don't have a little power over you. I got all power over you. So Dave Rosenfeld has power over the devil in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, thank you that Dave Rosenfeld's healed by the stripes of Jesus. Amen. And he started quoting the word day in and day out. To that devil and to God. And personalize it, putting his name. He's taking his medicine daily, over and over and over. And it doesn't appear to be working. And at the end of a year, he's awful. Now, what kind of man of faith does it take to stay with it after you haven't got your answer in a year? Most of them said this stuff don't work. Oh yeah. It only don't work when you give up. Amen. For those of you that was here when we had Emily Dodson here. You remember that little 75 year old lady? When she was in her mid-50s, she had had 13 surgeries in her life. She's raised up in a Baptist church. And unfortunately, Baptists don't teach you who you are in Christ. They really don't teach it. Because I don't think they don't teach it because they don't know it. I was one of them. And I didn't know it, but when I began to read this book, I got a hold of it. Well, Miss Emily, whenever they told her, said, well, now then you have lupus. I think it was lupus. Yes. And what it was, is not it? Lupus. And said, we can give do one more surgery on you, and it may extend your life about six months, but you're still going to die. She said, well, I've already had 13 surgeries in my life. I'm tired of being stuck, cut. She says, yeah, I ain't going to go through it no more. I said, if I only got a few months to live, I'm just going to go ahead and die. And then some, some little preacher that believed the Word come by and told her, Miss Emily, you don't have to die. God's already healed you. Amen. She said, I've never heard that. You mean He's already healed me? Yeah. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. He bore your pain. He bore your sickness. Removed your disease. And with His stripes, you are healed. Are healed. She said, I are healed? If I are healed, then I are healed. Yeah.
1: That may not be the best English in the world, but that's what the Word says. You are healed. Praise God. So she
0: started standing on the Word. She didn't have very many verses, but she started standing on the Word. And she got worse. Just like Dave did. He got worse. And then her good little Baptist friends come over to him and say, Emily, how are you doing? She said, praise God, I'm healed. By the stripes of Jesus, it is written... I am healed. Is she taking her medicine, Sharon? She's taking it every day, isn't she? She's quoting the Word. It doesn't appear to be working. You know, her little Baptist friends, you know, she'd say when they'd walk out, they'd say, Poor Miss Emily, she's lost it. It's working on her brain. Did you see how bad she looked? I mean, you know, don't, she doesn't know she's going to die. She refuses to accept reality. And if them people had the cancer, they'd have died. But Miss Emily, she says, no. If the Word said it, I'm standing on it, and I am healed, and I'm going to live and declare the glory of God. And you remember at six months, she was hurting so bad. That little woman, she said, when I was 54, what it was 55 years old, I'd try to get up out of that bed. I was so weak. I'd get up out of that bed, and I'd stomp my feet, and I'd say, you devil of hell, you are not having me in the name of Jesus. With all the power she had, she was so weak she couldn't hardly get out of that bed. But she'd get up and get violent with that devil. Jesus, if Jesus bore my sickness and removed my disease, then you are not having me. Amen. And when we the church get a hold of who the enemy is, and what the king did, and how he destroyed and defeated the works of the devil, just like he said right there in 1 John 3:8, "He that committeth sin is of the devil." For the devil sinned from the beginning, but for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Amen. Now, if Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, do you think our King did what he said he done? Amen. He don't fail. You and me may fail at times, but the King never fails. He was perfect in all of his ways. He came and destroyed the works of the devil. If he destroyed the works of the devil, then why is the devil still running around? The Lord left him here. He left him here as an executive department to keep people straight. Just think, what kind of a situation would we have... If we had a no executive department out here, how many of you would like to come to Dallas tomorrow if you knew there was going to be no police department working tomorrow? Give me a break. I saw on television what happened in New Orleans when the police department couldn't do what they wanted to do. And people, people wouldn't do those kind of things. They wouldn't walk up and knock the front of your glass out and walk in and get anything they wanted? Well, I mean, I mean, somebody said, "Well, but they were hungry. But they were carrying out televisions, VCRs. You don't eat that stuff. There's two different things here. A man that steals to feed his family is one thing. But a man that breaks into a store to steal all this other stuff, that's a different thing. There was anarchy in that city. And do you know, that's why... Did you know there's other cities? Of course, I don't know if some of you saw this, but you know our, our good friend Reverend Jesse Jackson and some of these others were down in New Orleans just recently, and they were really fussing at some of the other little parishes around that when the people wanted to come over there, they wouldn't let them in. At gunpoint, they wouldn't let them in. They saw what they were doing in New Orleans,
1: and they said, we don't want you in our parish. And they kept
0: them out. Isn't it amazing what happens when anarchy rules? You know? I mean, when you turn the devil loose on the earth, I mean, it's wicked, isn't it? He comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Well, let me tell you, if you haven't recognized it yet, he's in the church. He's stealing, killing, and destroying in the church. And the church that does not learn this is never going to get healed. All you've got to do is realize that when you repent of your sin, See, God told you in His Word, He came to destroy sin, so you and I should never sin again. He said, we are to stop sinning. Amen. How clear can you make it? And it just, it's not in the Word of God in one place. I mean, it is all over the New Testament. We are not to sin. If we sin, we give place to the evil one, the devil. Do you know the devil has no power over you until you give it to him? Amen. Isn't that a shame to think... That here we are, the church of the living God, and we, I can walk right through the pits of hell. I mean, as long as I walk in obedience to God's Word, I can see a thousand fall over here and ten thousand over here. And I'll just behold the reward of the wicked with my eyes. It shall not come near me. I would not dare call a man's name, but just recently I sat with a Baptist man. And my heart was broken. Cheryl knew this man and she asked me to pray for him because she knew he had lots of problems and he wouldn't let me. And so I sat and talked with him an hour after she got up and left. I sat and talked with him an hour. He goes to church, sings in church, but he's bragging about his quadruple bypass he had when he was 44. And about his little heart starter that they had to put in so that if he dies that thing will restart his heart automatically. You know? And everything just tickles him to death. I thought to myself, Cheryl asked me later, she says, What would you have to do to get through to him? I said, about three months one on one. That's about what it would take. Three months. here is a man that loves Jesus with all his heart <coughs> that has absolutely zero knowledge of who he is in Christ. He does not know. He may, he may have the words in him, but it's never become a revelation to him. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And I'm already seated with the King in heavenly places. And all of the spiritual blessings belongs to me. Everything. And everything that was available to Jesus is available to me. When I walk in faith, when I speak in the name of the King, when i got my sins repented of, I can speak in the name of the King, I can lay hands on a man or a woman and command a tumor to leave, and that tumor's got to leave in the name of Jesus. And sometimes we see that happen immediately. And sometimes it takes two or three days. Well, let me tell you, If you've got a knot or a tumor or anything on your body and you pray over it one time and it don't go away, don't doubt and don't give up. Keep getting fierce with it. Right, Ty? I mean, Ty knows that. He had to get so. Me and him prayed over a tumor and he'd already taken that thing off his leg once or twice. I don't remember what it was. One time. He's a doctor. And he tried to take it off and then he'd come back. So he'd come over here and I prayed with him. And for six weeks later, it still hadn't come off. And then he was fixing to go in to take a shower or something. He got violent with that devil. He knew
1: that thing was from the devil, and he slapped that thing and commanded it to leave. And after he slapped that thing and commanded the devil to take that tumor off of his body, guess what happened? It
0: went away. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you got yeah. You you got to get you got to get tough with that beast sometimes, don't you, Ty? He fights back, doesn't he? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. See, so you if you get prayed for. And it don't happen the first time? Does that mean your answer is no? Absolutely not. I mean, the next day you get a little more violent. I mean, you might have to do what I had to do to Cheryl. I'll use Ernest because I know he won't mind. You might have to reach up and grab me. You might have to tell that devil, you devil of hell, come out of him in the name of Jesus.
2: Hmm?
0: Yeah, I mean, you have to do that once in a while, don't you, Ernest? And when you realize that the promises are yours, and they're yes and amen every time, you don't never take no for an answer no more, do you? Now, if I don't get it done the first time, hey, Come out of here, devil, in the name of Jesus. I am not taking no for an answer. The King is on
1: our side.
0: When it comes to sickness and disease, repent of your sins and then take the Word of God and start applying the Word of God by faith as medicine to your body. Somebody said, how long do I apply it? As long as it takes. And you can't overdose on it. You can't overdose on it. I mean, start out maybe... Depends on how sick you are. Start out one in the morning and then make an hour and do it again. And then another hour, do it again. I mean, take it over and over and over and over. And if you really got a problem, let it continuously be in your mouth. I mean, be sucking on that pill all the time. You know, praise God. Lord, thank you that I'm healed by your stripes. Thank you, Lord, i got power over the devil. Devil, come out of me in the name of Jesus. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. And don't take no for an answer. And when you do that... And then here's another thing we fail to do. Get up and do something. Just like I told Janet. I said, bring that girl to church. Amen. And so she started moving now. Feeling the fever is still there. But she gets her up, dresses her, and before they leave home, the fever is broken. And she's, it's over. The devil has left. See, we don't like to think this is a devil. But that's what it is. Amen. It's this beast, the devil, that's coming in us to make us sick and afflict us. And when he attacks you, immediately take the Word of God and make sure you have no sin and start driving that devil out. And whatever it takes, you continue to drive it out. You don't never take no for an answer because the answer to you as children of God is yes and amen every time. And when you do that, just like Dave Rosenfeld, it took Dave a year and a half to drive that devil out of his body. But he drove him out. It took Miss Emily Dotson a year to drive that devil out. But let me tell you, at 75 years old, when she was here last year, she's a ball of fire, isn't she? I mean, that little woman, Cheryl, said, I want to be like you when I get to be 75. Because she's a ball of fire. I mean, that woman is a ball of fire. So now then, we're going to take communion this afternoon. That's the last thing we're going to do. I need to get some folks to help me pass out the stuff. And we're going to do this. And you remember, I don't care what anybody tells you, in the in this service, this ordinance that we take, the bread is the healing power of Jesus in your body. And the drink is the blood of Jesus. Because of the blood, we should not sin. Because of the bread, we should not be sick. Now, if you got any kind of... Any kind of sin in your life, you make sure you repent of it, Lord. Known and unknown, I repent of every sin, Lord, that it might be in my life. Known and unknown, I repent of it, Lord. I know there's things I probably do that I don't even know when I sin, but Lord, I ask you to cover it by the blood. And I know that when I ask, it's a done deal. And Lord, help me this week and this month, but Lord, I know you said, Come to you every day. So Lord, every day I'm going to come to you and I'm going to ask you to help me, to make me strong. Where I won't sin. Where I walk holy in obedience to your word. I want to walk holy in obedience to your word. Shelly, let me have one more. You're up here. Thank you. I mean, I, I used to not have any idea what was mine as a son of God. And that devil beat up on me for years. He made me sick and afflicted me and kept me down in my back. And all the things he did and all the time I had this magnificent book full of all these awesome promises that I didn't even know they belonged to me. And I can remember when I didn't even know. And especially when my own mother had cancer and had a breast removed. That devil, I had no idea who it was that was doing that to my mother. And she's laying there, they're trying to find a vein, can't find one. And they're sticking her with those needles, and they can't find one. And I didn't even have enough knowledge of the Word to even pray. When mother said, Son, please do something, they're hurting me. And I just sat there in agony and pain. But the other day when I was in Ireland, I had a whole lot more knowledge now. And there was a man there that was in the hospital. They're trying to find, they go to the main artery here and can't find blood. They go down here and can't find blood. And the lady said, well, I'll have to go get a doctor. Said, it's not any place else. If I can't get it in those big arteries, I won't be able to get it. Cheryl says, honey, pray. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, let her put that thing in one more time. And I guarantee she's going to hit a gusher of blood in the name of Jesus. And she stuck it in that little tiny vein right there in his wrist. And the blood just gushed out. And when it did, she said, Wow, I need to take you with me where I go in all these rooms. You know, it's not me she needed. It's any believer that knows how to pray in faith. It's not by mine and your righteousness, is it? But it's by faith in the name of our King. And this is what we're taking. As we take this, This is a symbol of the body of our King. He says, He that does not eat my flesh and drink my blood has nothing in me. Well, Lord, we are eating Your flesh symbolically today. This piece of bread which is pierced, it's striped, it's beaten, and it's just like Your body was for us. You paid the price so that this medicine we can take in our flesh And we said, you said, Lord, take it daily. And this is the thing we need to realize. If you're not sick, take the medicine of God's Word daily so you won't never be sick. Quote the Word. Stand on the Word. When you wake up in the morning, say, Lord, thank you that I'm strong. Thank you that I'm young. In fact, a while ago, as we were driving down the road confessing those things, Cheryl looked up in the mirror. And she said, I'm younger today than I was when you married me. Is that the right confession? Absolutely. That's the right confession. You have to confess the word. If you confess the word, and just remember, the devil comes to Jesus three times. And then after he comes to him three times and Jesus beat him with the word, it says the devil left him till a more opportune time. I'm going to tell you if the devil's going to come back to Jesus, he's going to come back to you and me. Don't you ever slack off thinking that you can slack off with a study of the Word of God. If you get away from God's Word And away from a study of it It won't be long That devil will be at your house And he'll take you out But you've got to stay in the Word You've got to confess the Word You've got to take your medicine The Word of God Every day And when you do You can walk in divine health Praise the King Father for this bread We thank you for this A symbol of your body And Lord, when you say only you're worthy to be praised, oh Lord, how true that is, that you alone are worthy to be praised. What a glorious, magnificent God that loved us enough to come to this earth to destroy the enemy and bear our sickness and remove our disease and to bear all of our sins so we don't have to sin, be sick, and the devil has to obey obey us in your name. What a God you are. Lord, today we stand here giving you the worship and praise and glory because you're worthy. Now, Lord, we take your flesh and we eat it. In Jesus' name. Amen. And the Lord said, Let the weak say they're strong, and let the poor say they're rich. Just like we sing in that song. So Lord, thank You that You're my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I will never be weak or beaten down because You told me what to say and because You cannot lie. I will. My youth will be renewed like the eagles. You heal all of my diseases. You satisfy my mouth daily with good things. And Lord, I'm going to walk this week With the power of the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to do everything possible with the Holy Ghost as my teacher to not sin one time this week. I'm going to ask you every day to fill me with your Holy Spirit in power so that I will not sin against you. Not one time. I don't want to give no place to the enemy, and I can do it because of this blood. The blood bore my sin and removed my sin. So you see me dead to sin. So that I can live unto righteousness. Oh Lord, help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. As I drink this blood, let this symbol, this juice, be a symbol of your blood. And may that blood be so powerful. And may that blood be so on my breath. That when the devil comes, I breathe on him. And may it be such an offense to him, he'll leave. If you've ever seen somebody drinking and breathe into your face with of that nasty alcohol. Lord, let this blood be so powerful and so offensive to the devil that he won't ever want to come back. Thank you, Father, for the blood which paid the price for our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we praise you and thank you and worship you. You have done the impossible through your Son. And now everything's possible with us. And you told us anything we pray for and ask without giving up. You will do it for us. Help us, Lord, to realize that we never give up. But we stand on your word, knowing your promises are yes to your children every time. So, Lord, thank you that you're going to give us the ability and the wisdom to stand by faith against the enemy. Like you did with Dave. As he stood a year and a half for his healing. And, Lord, he's paid the greatest dividends of his life. And, Lord... Thank you for Ms. Emily Dodson that stood for a year and got our healing and now in the last 20 years has walked in divine health, as in preaching your word in faith. Thank you for men and women like this, Lord, that have stood the test and put your word to work and seen it work for them. And Lord, to the glory of God, help all of us that we may do the same thing. Now, Lord, bless us today as we go forth from this place. In Jesus' name, amen.